Uh, hello and welcome to Engagement Zone, a podcast series from the Employee Engagement Awards. This is actually our first ever uh, Engagement Zone podcast and we've got a fantastic guest with us today to talk to and, and hear about his views on the world of work and beyond. What we'll do each week, we'll probably give you a few tidbits in the news for posterity's sake when we look back at these podcasts in the future. Uh, this week, we have the ongoing saga in the Supreme Court in North America. Prime Minister May came out on stage to Dancing Queen. Um, politics seems to be going a bit crazy. Will Smith recently just turned 50. And unfortunately, both my sporting teams, Arsenal and the New York Jets, are still hopeless at what they're trying to achieve. As I was saying, we've got a great guest for you as our first podcast. Uh, his name is Jason Lawrenson. He's a keynote speaker, author of two books, one of which we're going to feature in today's podcast, and a widely known expert in engagement and workplace culture. So thanks for joining us today, Jason. Awesome. Thanks uh, for having me, Matt. Um, so, so what are you up to at the moment? I tell you what, I'm neck deep in thinking about book promotion, to be honest, which isn't necessarily my favorite thing to think about. But uh, you put the blood, sweat and tears into writing a new book. Uh, you need to get the word out and let people know that it's out there. I believe in it and I think it's going to have an impact. But that means I need to be a marketer and a shameless, relentless marketer for uh, for a month or two. So that that is what is on my brain this morning. Fantastic. Uh, I forget to say, actually, I, I first met Jason course, it might be about three years ago now in Chicago. We were both sat on a panel at an event held by the Star Conspiracy called uh, Influence HR, and we were both panelists. It was my first panel, and and Jason uh, was asked a question, and he gave a, a very powerful answer. And at that point, I realised I probably shouldn't open my mouth. Um, Jason's Jason's very direct. He has strong views and has an immense amount of knowledge in this area. And, from then on, uh, he's been advising the Employee Engagement Awards, not only in North America, but around the world, helping us to become better and, and deliver value to our to our winners and the attendees at our conferences too. So uh, it's great that it's great and fitting that you're our first guest. So are you able to tell us more about your book? Uh, I, I believe it's called Unlocking High Performance. I'd be delighted to tell you more about the book. Um, so... The reason that we wrote the book the way or the timing that I did and the book being about performance is that we're at this point in time where most of us, most leaders, most HR professionals have recognized that our performance management or our approach to performance management is pretty outdated, pretty broken, pretty dysfunctional, and there needed to be a new a new answer. And there's a lot of searching going on. And so that's how we kind of came to thinking about this, but the book is the book is about how to use that, this opportunity that we have as we're recreating how we're thinking about performance organizationally and how to unleash or unlock better performance. The book really is about engagement and employee experience. And there's a couple of key ideas in there that I'll, I'll quickly share. One is that part of what's broken about work is that we have treated work as a contract with the employee historically. Employees actually experience work as a relationship. And, and so we need to recreate the work experience as a relationship if we're going to really make it work for employees. That's the foundational idea in that all of our management and performance management approaches should be about 
delivering an experience, supporting an experience that feels like a healthy, positive relationship to the employee. So the book breaks that down, explains why that's important, and then is full of a whole, the middle of the book is what I kind of call a cookbook. It's a bunch of case studies and stories about organizations that are doing it and that have uh, and that are using different approaches for how to do this successfully so that people can learn from that and go back and reshape what they're doing with their team or with their organization in a way that makes sense. And then the back end of the book is how to actually go implement this stuff, how to, how to manage the change in the communication and design it and make it happen. Fantastic. So it's, it's challenging, uh, uh, preconceived thoughts and then also helping people to actually go do it themselves in in their workplace yeah and i'm hoping that i'm hoping it also does something the discussion about engagement that's been going on for two decades and i've been a part of for a lot of that is frustrating to me at times because engagement gets dismissed so often by executives because it feels very touchy-feely or fluffy or you know whatever it feels like a you know, it's like, why do, why do we need to care about this? We have more tangible things to worry about. And I think one of my hopes is that when a leader picks up this book or an HR leader picks up this book and sort of gets a new narrative to use or a, a different understanding of engagement, they'll realize this is all about performance. And it's always all, all about, always been about performance and about how do we create an organization that supports an experience for employees that enables them and supports them in performing at their best. That's what engagement is about. And if it's not about performance, then you're not focused on the right kinds of things. So I'm hoping it also pushes us forward as a as a body of work, as a profession towards a different kind of narrative or a different kind of language about engagement that gets the executives to sit up and pay closer attention. Um, I, I couldn't. I couldn't agree with you more. I think uh, it often gets lost when people just refer to engagement and, and moving the needle around uh, engagement surveys and and advocacy. It, it is. It is does boil back down to performance, people strategy, um, and then and what that does to how that transforms the business. Uh, and only then will leaders take note. Um, I've been. I've been singing from that hymn sheet for a while, as 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 have you. Um, so I would, I'd highly recommend to to go out and read, uh, get Jason's book. I think it's on pre-order now, and I'm going to put you on the spot, but I'm hoping that we might be able to give away one or two copies to our listeners as well, Jason. Um, of course. We might run a little fantastic. Thank you very much. Um, so our, mine's on pre-order too. Um, you uh, Throughout your career, uh, you'll have seen many different workplaces. You are a, the main judge um, for us in North America. Um, what... Have, have there been any key trends over the past 12 months you've seen in the work that's been entered uh, or, or any advice that you would give people developing an engagement strategy this year and in 2019? Mm, yeah, that's, well, I think tr- trend-wise, it's it's interesting to see what's happening because I think that there is, you know, my sense, my sense, and as you talk to people and as you kind of watch the broader conversation about engagement is that there's sort of universal, I guess, belief or acceptance that engagement is something that matters, right? It's not something we are arguing over whether it whether it matters or or should we pay attention to it. So I think because of that, we've been able to shift attention to different places. Um, there's been a really interesting conversation, I think, ongoing in the in 
you know, amongst those that are doing the work of engagement about the role of measurement and how we should be measuring it, you know, people shifting from, you know, the annual, the annual survey to more pulse surveys and all these different things in between. And we're seeing that kind of those, those pulse measurements or short one, two, three question surveys. And, you know, it's, I, I think that's an interesting step, um, but I think we still we're still missing the point at times in that it doesn't matter how you ask your questions or when you ask your questions. Uh, the most important thing is asking the right questions and then taking action on what you hear. I think we're still struggling a little bit with taking action, but so that's one of the things I see going on. One of the positive things in measurement that we saw in last year's awards actually um, was the use of the employee net promoter score as sort of a proxy measurement for engagement. And there's, I did some data or I did some analysis with my team back at Quantum Workplace before I left there a couple of years ago, where we were able to show that employee net promoter score as a single measure is actually a really, really reliable um, um, proxy or indicator of overall engagement level. It doesn't necessarily give you all the granular data you need to take action, but it's a, an interesting proxy. And I think if more, as more and more companies start to use that, it actually starts to allow us to compare across companies. So that's one of the, one of the things that's exciting. I think, I think from my, my point of view, the, the explosion of that, the usage of EM Net Promoter, um, is the exciting part. Is for, for a long time now, the ultimate question, Net Promoter question, from a from a customer loyalty perspective, has, has been, you know, uh, that's that is the question. Um, I, I actually started in this industry running Net Promoter audits. I've met uh, Fred Reichheld and Bain, and have done the Satmetrics conferences, and I actually was one of the first to to run an employee net promoter audit back in the day. Um, and I was about five years ago before we started the uh, employee engagement awards, we're running these surveys and trying to tell businesses that do you use net promoter for your customers? Yes. What are you using internally for your people? Oh, something else. Well, the, the power of using employee net promoter now is you will be able to connect the dots between internal teams and the customer results is results too. And what we started to see unsurprisingly was if you have unhappy customers if you then run the employee net promoter audit with that team customer facing team it's quite likely that you have an unhappy team as well um so the, the power of running that question all the way throughout your business that then can be seen at boardroom level and have really big impact so for you to have seen that through the entries this year i thought was really exciting yeah and the the other I think big thing that that showed up not only in the entries that we saw but also but also I think it in general is that there's an increasing and this is still I mean I, this isn't everywhere yet I mean but I think there's more attention being paid to the individual as a human being and sort of caring for the individual as a person and that shows up in things like we saw a whole bunch of entries in North America that really emphasized recognition and appreciation kinds of, of efforts and not in the traditional sense of like, Hey, here's your gift card, but try to trying to truly, you know, make it more um, so that everyone is feeling more valued and appreciated and lifted up. We're also, and this actually the last two years, we've seen a movement towards um, 
well-being and the well-being of the individual. And I that's one that I'm really bullish about and I think is really important. And we're seeing some really cool work in the field of, of well-being and wellness where organizations are saying, listen, we've got to take care of, of people and not because people, the people that show up at work are connected to the whole human that has this life. And if they are unwell, if they are, you know, if their relationships at, at home aren't good or if they're unhealthy or if they're financially stressed, then they can't give us their best at work. And so we've got to help them get whole. The more whole they get, the more they can bring to work to contribute. And then our experience at work, when we unlock that potential, they have more to give us. And so I think those are the, the things that I'm paying attention to. And I, and those are actually the, the well-being part I talk about in the book because I think that's a part of performance. Like it's a performance capacity issue. Um, unlocking how much you have to give when you show up every morning is all about wellness and well-being. So I think that's a, another interesting trend. Absolutely. Uh, I think engagement is a, is a, is a catch-all term and there are ways to, to begin that process and well-being seems to be one that many organizations are using um, to start to engage with their with their people in a better way is well-being and I think also through through diversity um, and inclusion as well um, seeing more, more often uh, and the re- re- reality of that you, you can grow through the different ideas and the different perspectives that diversity can bring your business. So um, it's a really exciting time, um, well beyond what the basic measures that used to be taken. I think people are really starting to, to push the boundaries around, like you say, well-being, not just a gym membership, but financial well-being, mental health, um, breaking down stigmas. So um, as I've often said, it's we, we, we are usually tasked with trying to um, uh, cure society's woes, which is no, no mean feat for for the people uh, dealing with it internally. So um, I, put, I take my hats off to anybody who runs engagement strategies or is trying to do, trying to push for more investment internally too. Um, so um, just a, a couple of other questions, really. Uh, you don't need to a- answer them, but um, if you had a magic wand, uh, what would you change about the world of work t- today? This may seem counterintuitive, and this is a very, um, I think this is a very North American answer because that's where I spend most of my time and most of my emphasis, but I'd, I'd wave a magic wand and make sure that everyone in every job um, is making enough money to um, have a living wage and take care of their family or their lifestyle in a way that relieves that pressure. Because I think that's a big, big problem we have right now. We have wage issues. And we historically have said that compensation isn't an engagement issue. But I think right now it's a very big and real engagement issue that is undercutting some things. So that that's what, that would be the first thing I would fix. Fantastic. Um, again, uh, can't could not agree with you more. Um, and I, I feel like that that's probably a, a good place to stop. Um, uh, when's uh, your book out, Jason? So, I, it it is. What are we talking? We're talking today in early October. I know that this won't hit the airwaves until a little bit later, but uh, the book is actually available in the UK right now. It published in the UK on October third. It becomes available in the United States on the twenty eighth of October. So by the time this hits, uh, everybody can probably go to uh, wherever they buy books online, find it, and buy it. It'll be ready to go. And that's unlocking high performance by Jason Lawrenson. That's the one. Fantastic. Well, um, I thank you again for your time. Thank you for being our first. I hope it wasn't too uh, un- unpleasant for you. Um, and, and we're looking forward to 
to for you to being our, our main judge again in 2019 and uh, we'll be open for entries later this year at uh, the end of 2018 for that in north america so um thank you very much jason awesome thanks for having me matt keep up the good work yeah, our pleasure thank you